Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's another rewind of the 2019 Buffalo Bills season. Sal Capaccio here, Sal Sports and Stuff Podcast. Thanks a lot for coming aboard, listening, downloading, subscribing. Bunch of new subscribers and listeners lately, and I appreciate that. Some people have asked how to do it. I mean, there's all different ways. And as I've explained many times, WGR550.com, uh, just search South Sports and Stuff on Google really is the best way to do it, but through iTunes. And that's how you can subscribe, have the iTunes um, podcast app, I should say, the Apple podcast app, Google Play, Stitcher. We are not on Spotify right now. Sorry about that. Uh, that's just something that's uh, between Entercom and Spotify. I think it's like a competitor thing, so that's why we're not there. But uh, throw me a couple of uh, really nice reviews out there, will you? And some five stars. That would be great. So I appreciate everybody coming aboard and listening, like I said, and the feedback on this 2019 Rewind series I've been doing. I've been on the morning show uh, this week with Jeremy White on WGR. So today I'm recording here on Wednesday. So I really haven't had a chance to sit down and do one of these the last few days. Today was the first day I was able to get to it. So that's why it's a little bit later than what I wanted to this week to get to game number three, week three, Bills and Bengals. Going to do that here in just a moment. I'll also be on the morning show next week with Howard Simon. So I've been on the morning show all week this week. I'll be on all next week, filling in for Howard this week, filling in for Jeremy next week. So hopefully I'll still be able to maintain keeping these rewinds going in an orderly fashion, in a timely fashion for you over this week and next week. Uh, I'd like to get to another one later this week before uh, Friday or Saturday if I can, but I like to let these simmer and marinate a little bit and you can listen to them and we can go through them in our uh, uh, as we look back and review what happened last year and give you enough time to kind of digest it, I should say. So that's what we're going to do today, and we're going to get right into it. This is week number three. It is the Bills and the Bengals, and the Bills come into this game at 2-0 and after wins over the Jets and the Giants, both on the road. The Bengals come into this game at 0-2, and if you remember right, the Bengals, they had the Seahawks on the ropes in week one in Seattle. They lose that game 21-20. Then they come back home and get absolutely demolished by the 49ers. So they're 0-2 after a close win on the road, a blowout loss at home, a close 
loss, excuse me, on the road, a blowout loss at home. The Bills, they have two road victories. They come into the game, the Bills do, as five and a half point favorites, actually, over the Bengals. And I think most people expect it. Okay, Bills are a better team than the Bengals. And as long as they don't screw it up in some way, they should get to 3-0. and And the Bengals, nobody knew what kind of season they were in for. I mean, they went 0-11 before they won their first game. Uh, but, you know, things really spiraled downhill as the season went on. But I think the Bills were in a position here going into the game. I think looking back, remembering, you know, pretty much people believing, okay, this is a great opportunity for the Bills to go 3-0. and And I think a lot of people were even kind of, looking ahead to week number four already for the Bills, which was against the Patriots. And all they had to do was win here, and now they get the Patriots at home, 3-0, two 3-0 teams going at it. This was the setup game for that. And there was even talk before this game of, you know, don't look past it. Don't let it be a trap game, if you will. Uh, You know, you have to take care of business with the Bengals. And the Bengals have some talent. I was wrong on them last year as far as their record, but I still really liked their talent coming into the year. I I thought they'd be a team that would um, be in the playoffs, I believe, or at least contend for it. Certainly not as bad as they were record-wise, but they did not have that type of season, obviously. And A.J. Green being out for the year obviously hurt them. They had some other injuries. Their offensive line uh, was battered and beaten up and not that good. And the Bills, in the meantime, they go on the road. They have those two wins that we talked about in the first two podcasts of this series against the Jets and the Giants, and I think it opened a lot of people's eyes to say, okay, who is this team? This young quarterback, uh, Sean McDermott's got them playing exactly how they need to play football to win some games. There was no surprise going into this game that the Bills, if they came out of it with a victory to be 3-0, and I think most people expected it. Like I said, they were five-and-a-half-point favorites. So let's go back to what I said, though. Don't screw it up, because the thing about this game, going back and watching it, thinking back on it and everything, is the Bills almost really screwed it up. Uh, In fact, they did screw it up a few times, and I would say this game had quite a few plays that really could have changed the outcome based on which way they went, whether it was a call on the field, a challenge, or a drop pass, a penalty, a bunch of plays in this game really swung it for the Bills at the end, Um, and maybe... I shouldn't even say swung it for the Bills. You could look at it that way if you want, if you're a Bengals fan. I would say even maybe prevented the Bills from having a blowout. At one point, I thought this game should have been much more of a blowout than it was. The Bills won the game eventually 21-17. to It wasn't a particularly aesthetically pleasing game, if you will, right? Like, oh my gosh, it was a great game to watch, but it was wild. There were just swings all over the place in this game for a lot of different reasons. So, you know, that's one thing that I really took away by going back and re-watching it as well, that this game had so many swings each way. And if you're a Bengals fan, you could look at it and say, oh my God, like they should have won this game. If you're a Bills fan, you could say they should have really blown out the Bengals. That's how many swings there were each way. Let me give you an example and let's walk through exactly what happened. The Bills started off this game, you know, really well as far as taking the lead, dominating, showing that they were going to assert themselves as the better team. And in fact, if I go back to my arrow up, arrow down column, which I wrote after the game at WGR550.com, um, the very first thing I wrote for arrow up was first half defense. And I wrote that the Bills may have played the best 30 minutes of defense I've seen in six seasons as the team's radio sideline reporter. That's how good it was. They were absolutely outstanding from the first snap until the final play of the half. The Bengals in this game totaled 76 yards in the first half. The Bills took the ball away twice. They basically shut everything the Bengals down that they wanted to do. And how about this? 
Andy Dalton didn't even complete a pass in this game until the first until uh, until the second quarter. Through the whole first quarter, he did not complete a pass, and then throughout the first half, his numbers five for fourteen for sixty three yards. Here are the Bengals' first half drives as far as how many plays they ran on each drive. You ready? They had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven drives. Here are the number of plays they ran on those drives. Three, 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 one, three, five, one. Pretty incredible defense. And then for the Bills part on offense, okay, this is when it starts to get a bit wild because Josh Allen played really well in the first half. And his numbers reflected that. And this was also a game where towards the end of the first half, he makes a mistake. And then by the end of the game, he makes another one. And I think this one really made us start saying, oh my God, Josh, stop doing that stuff that you're doing that's putting this team in a bad situation when they don't need to be. That was This was kind of the game that really opened that up for a, a two-week stretch where it really happened, but where we started to see it happen in the Jets game, in the Giants game, and then in this game, it definitely happened. But in the first half, Josh Allen was really good. Um, he kept this team moving. He made plays with his arm, with his legs, especially making something out of nothing. Overall, it was a pretty uneven day uh, for Josh Allen, but you know, and his numbers actually were pretty good throwing the ball. He was 23 of 36. That's close to 64%, 243 and a touchdown. He also ran for 46 yards. He had 289 yards of total offense on the day. But let's go back to the first half and how the Bills were completely kind of dominating and showing that they were going to be in control for most of this game, at least we thought. The Bills actually took a 14 to nothing lead, but they didn't make it 14 to nothing based on two touchdowns. The first touchdown was a Dawson Knox one-yard uh, pass from Josh Allen. But on that play, this was interesting, uh, on the next play, excuse me, the extra point, there was a penalty. The Bills were going to kick the extra point, but there was a penalty on the Bengals. It moved it closer, and Sean McDermott you know, had an opportunity to go for two, which he took advantage of because... That was this, and that was the smart play because remember the rule is, you know, once that happens, you can elect to go for two, make it half the distance from where it would normally be from two, and the Bills did. Cole Beasley catches a pass. It's eight nothing Buffalo. You're feeling pretty good. Bills later on get another field goal from Stephen Hauschka, and then another field goal to make it fourteen to nothing. That's how it ended at the half. But there was really much more to the half than those fourteen points and the Bills being up by fourteen. Well, let's start with Josh Allen. Like I said, one of the things that you know, you love about Josh Allen is how he's able to make something out of nothing. And he did that in the first half. There were several times where he had to scramble. He had to find guys open. He had to run. He did a really good job of that in the first half. And it kind of showed, hey, this guy can really keep plays alive and do good things when it looks like all else is breaking down. But at the same time, later on, we'll get into why that became a detriment to Josh. After the first touchdown by the Bills, it's 8 nothing. They kick off, and the Bengals return it all the way for a touchdown, 92 yards. Remember this play? Uh, Phillips goes all the way for a touchdown, 92 yards. But on the play, there was an offensive holding penalty that knocked the Bengals back. This is a huge play in the game. It's 8 nothing at this point. That could have made it 8-6, what could have been 8-7, maybe even 8-8, if the Bengals decide to go for two. But in, this, in the meantime, the Bengals now have to start from their own 25-yard line. They go three and out. They give the ball back to the Bills. The Bills, on the next possession, go down. They kick a field goal. That is a huge swing on what happened as far as the score is concerned. It goes from possibly being 8-6, 8-7, or 8-8 to 11 nothing Bills. And then later on, the Bills make it 14-0, like I said, before the half. Also, in this game, 
Devin Singletary. There was no Devin Singletary. He got hurt in that Giants game the week before. And Frank Gore was really good. In fact, I wrote about him in my arrow up, arrow down column. And I went back and I saw what were his exact numbers. Frank Gore (laughs) against the Bengals. You know, he did not have a very good second half of the year. And Singletary took carries away, which rightfully so. But this game here, Frank Gore, 14 carries, 76 yards, a 5.4 average, which is great. He also added 13 yards uh, in reception. So, you know, he wound up having, what, 76, uh, 89 yards total of offense. He wound up scoring a touchdown later on. I'll talk about that in a second. But right now, it's between him and TJ Yeldon, really, as the primary running backs and Josh Allen. They wind up the game, the Bills do, with 14 attempts for Gore, nine attempts for Allen, eight attempts for TJ Yeldon and three attempts for Isaiah McKenzie. The Bills really used the end around in this game to their advantage with Isaiah McKenzie. I think they took advantage of uh, slower linebackers for the Cincinnati Bengals, including Preston Brown, who's on the, who was in the middle there, and basically used everybody they could in the running game in the first half. This game was emblematic of a few things. So I talk about Josh Allen, and I mentioned how later on he's going to make a couple decisions where you're like, oh my God. But the other thing was Dawson Knox. You know, Dawson Knox had trouble with drops last year. We know that. This was probably the first game where we saw that kind of show up in a big spot. It was about midway through the second quarter. The Bills have a second down and 10 at the Bengals' 25-yard line. Allen throws the ball to Dawson Knox, who's in the middle of the field going towards the right sideline. Knox, he's at the five-yard line of the Bengals. He's kind of falling down, but it's clearly it's in his hands. I remember it coming right at me actually here, and he drops it. He should have caught. He should have held on to the ball, and he didn't. Now the Bills get a third and ten because of this. In the very next play, they actually get a first down from Zay Jones. So you could say, oh, it didn't wind up mattering, but it did because in the very next play, T.J. Yeldon fumbles. What did I say about being emblematic? T.J. Yeldon had a fumble in the preseason. People said, oh, he fumbles too much. He has a fumble here in a big spot. The Bengals recover. This is at the Bengals' 15-yard line. The Bills are going in. They're ready to score. This is only with 731 remaining in the second quarter. Remember, at this point, um, this, the score is, let's see, this was after the Bills got their first field goal, right? So at this point, the score is 11 to nothing, and the Bills are looking to make it 18, 19 to nothing, whatever it could be. So you have the drop. You have the yell and fumble right after the drop. Those two things combined, the Bills, I would argue, should have scored a touchdown on this drive. Instead, they come away with no points. So now, instead of making it 17 to nothing or 18 to nothing after an extra point, it's still only 11 to nothing. And that difference winds up being really big towards the end of the game, right? The Bills have to go out on defense again. They actually do wind up uh, getting the ball back eventually. They wind up kicking their own field goal. It's 14 to nothing at the end of the half. To me... That this score should have probably been in the 20s for the Bills, nothing for the Bengals, or maybe even seven for the Bengals or eight, right? Because of the returned TD that was nullified. Again, just big plays, whether they're actual good calls, not good calls. There were a couple challenges. The other thing that happened is Josh Allen fumbled twice in the first half and twice the Bills got away with it. Once Allen recovered himself. And on the second one, the Bengals actually recovered, but they were called for having the ball while the defender was touching out of bounds. And this was at the Buffalo 20-yard line. So at this point, 
you know, if they wind up getting that ball, and this is with only, it was inside the two-minute warning, the Bengals have a golden opportunity to score a touchdown right before the half. So there were so many plays that really could have swung this game either way. And again, I'll go back to, if you're a Bengals fan, you're like, oh my God, we should have won this game. We had so many plays that swung it that wound up going against us, whether that was the fumbles, didn't get the recovery on one, had the, the penalty on the kickoff return. Or if you're the Bills, you could say, yeah, you know what? We should have won this game going away 30 points or something because of all the plays that seem to go against them. It is the ebb and flow of football, but it was just wild how many really big plays wound up, you know, being the difference that didn't even matter. I'm meaning like there was a penalty on a play or a challenge. So really just a bunch of things that wound up being big plays that weren't actual plays on the stat sheet as far as yards are concerned. Those happened a little bit later. So it's now 14 to nothing. They go to halftime and they come out and the Bengals were a different team and the Bills were a bit of a different team. They started moving the ball and the Bills had a little bit more trouble stopping them. The Bengals figured some things out. They started spreading it out and they started doing some really nice things on the offensive side. And sure enough, they wind up scoring a touchdown and it's 14 to seven. Now we look back at Josh Allen in his second half. This is when you say, Josh, what are you doing? You got to be smarter than that. You can't. Josh Allen, after keeping plays alive, keeping the Bills in it, making some really nice plays and even some really scary ones that wound up going in his favor, gives us the full Josh Allen experience, if you will. Uh, the Bills are cruising, all right? Here's why it matters so much. It's not just, you know, he's trying to make a play. Okay, we can forgive him. Yeah, I get all that. But here's why it matters so much. The Bills were cruising. It was midway through the third quarter they're shutting out the Bengals they're winning 14 to nothing there's nothing to worry about they have the ball at their own 43 yard line Josh Allen is under duress he's running around and what does he do he haphazardly just chucks the ball in the air it's intercepted by Phillips again the same um, player who ran back the touchdown that was called back uh, earlier on the kick return he runs it back 27 yards, gets inside uh, at the Bills. 22 is actually where they stop him. He goes out of bounds. And a few plays later, the Dal uh, Dalton goes in the end zone for a touchdown for the Bengals. So now it's suddenly 14 to seven when the Bills had everything in control. They're one score up. Sure enough, the Bills go out. They have to punt the ball back to the Bengals. The Bengals get the ball back and they march right back down the field and they score again. It was a tie ball game in the fourth quarter after the Bills completely had this game in hand, 14 to nothing. Now it's 14 to 14-14 uh, and sure enough, the Bills still can't get anything going on offense. They give it back to the Cincinnati Bengals and I don't even know if people remember the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals had a lead in this game in the fourth quarter late. This was a comeback game by the Bills, by Josh Allen, by the offense having to get one last drive in for a touchdown. They wind up taking the lead on a field goal, 43 yards with under five minutes remaining in the game, fourth quarter. So here's the 0-2 Bengals in Buffalo leading the Bills late in the fourth quarter after the Bills had a 14-0 lead and they blew it. And I remember thinking to myself, I cannot believe this is going to happen to an 0-2 team. And this team had everything in front of them to be playing for the uh, playing the Patriots the following week in that stadium with everything on the line early in the season, at least obviously three and zero against three and zero. how hype it's going to be. And sure enough, they're going to lose to an 0 two Cincinnati Bengals team. That's really what it felt like. And that's very well what it could have been, but the bills get the ball back and the play of the game happens. And we all remember it. And it's Dawson Knox. 
I just talked about how Dawson Knox had those drops in the here and how he had a big one in this game. But Dawson Knox made the play of the game in week number three against the Cincinnati Bengals. The catch and the run where he stiff-armed one player and ran over another, and he winds up gaining um, how many yards? 49 total down to the Bengals' 22-yard line. The Bills have the ball at their 22-yard line. They get to the 29 on a pass to Beasley, and from there is when Allen finds Dawson Knox basically wide open on a corner route on the left side. I mean, I don't know. It was a busted coverage or something. Knox catches the ball, turns upfield. You have the... And, and, you know, let's do the Chris Berman stuff. Boom, boom, like that. That's what he's doing down the field. And he winds up getting stopped and finally tackled at the Bengals' 22-yard line. Now, once that happens, I know I said, okay, like the, the way that this game is going to play out, I think they're probably going to, they could go for it. They could go for a touchdown here, but they could kick a field goal. They're in a good spot. They can take this game to overtime. But sure enough, they get down after a couple more plays. What was it? I'll, I'll read you the play-by-play here. Josh Allen scrambles for 16 yards, uh, for six yards, excuse me, to the Cincinnati 16. Uh, and then Allen scrambles again for another eight yards. And this is one where he was really dead to rights by the Bengals. And he got out of it, scrambles around the left, goes eight yards down to the eight-yard line. TJ Yeldon back in the game after what happened last time, which was a surprise, no gain. They get they have the ball at the Cincinnati eight with a second down. Allen scrambles again. So now you have basically Allen running the ball three out of four plays from the Cincinnati 22 to get all the way down to their one yard line. And then Frank Gore goes in on third and one. I've always wondered what the Bills would have done if Josh Allen, um, I'm sorry, Frank Gore did not score and it would have been fourth and one. They would have been down three points, needing a field goal to tie a touchdown to take the lead and fourth down. But we didn't get a chance to find out because the Bills score a touchdown. They lead 21 to 17 after the extra point. The Bengals do get the ball back and they do march down the field. They have a chance. They get down to the Buffalo 28 yard line before Tredavious White intercepts a pass. And this was one that was tipped actually uh, by Micah Hyde. And Tredavious White comes up with his second interception of the day. And if you remember on this one, Tredavious White intercepts the ball and he runs into the Bills end zone after not being touched. And there was a, a controversy about whether or not Tredavious White actually, you know, should have given the Bengals a, a safety, a touchback or whatever, uh, and given them the ball back in some way. But the referee actually said he had uh, given himself up. So this was a wild game. Like I said, you look back and I just, I remember thinking in this game, so many emotions early on compared to the contrast of later, which was early on, okay, Bills are in control. They're going to just, you know, take this game to the house. And then midway through the third quarter, Bills are in complete control. Allen has that bonehead play. The Bengals score, and you're like, eh, a little close for comfort. And then they take the lead, and you're like, oh, my God, is this going to happen? Now it's panic time. And I can imagine Bills fans everywhere thinking that, you know, with this game and how it was playing out. And then, of course, Allen gets the ball. They go down the field. Dawson Knox has that play, which that stadium was super loud on that particular play by Dawson Knox. He gets down inside uh, the 25-yard line. The Bills score. They take the lead. Bengals go back down again. You're thinking, wait a minute. The Bengals could win this game. They could still steal this game from the Bills after all this has happened. They're going to walk out of the stadium because remember, again, I'll go back to they had the ball at the Bills 28-yard line with 20 seconds left. So they had a chance. They had a chance to do it. It wound up not happening. And then Tredavious White gets the two interceptions. Uh, from then on, he started really, that, that's when he started to uh, you know take the ball away a little bit more and was up there with Stephon Gilmore as far as you know interception leaders throughout the season. And the Bills walk away from this game 3-0 and 
looking ahead to the New England Patriots. And from all of that emotion, I remember walking away from that game going, whew, all right, there they is. That's it. 3-0. Got the Patriots next week. What's going to happen? That was the run of emotions that happened throughout this game. It was actually a really wild, interesting game, if not for anything other than the ways it could have turned out due to so many big plays that didn't wind up even counting or were challenged or something else that just made you go, wow, I can't believe how big that play became. Looking at my arrow up, arrow down column, I wrote about the first half defense and Frank Gore and Dawson Knox. I told you that Cole Beasley, I gave an arrow up uh, in this game. Uh, He had eight catches for 48 yards, a big two-point conversion. Uh, He really started to show that chemistry with Josh, I think, that we saw as the season went on. Uh, Talked about, I wrote about Josh Allen making something out of nothing. The Bills did a great job on John Ross in this game. Um, He was the number two overall receiver in the NFL coming into the game. The Bills held him to two catches for 22 yards, which is really nice. Micah Hyde, uh, he had a hand in both the Bills' takeaways. Not only did he have the tip that went to Micah Hyde, he actually stripped the ball away from Ross for another uh, fumble recovery. The Bills had a really big play in the first half. That's when that happened. Micah Hyde actually stripped it away from him, which was a really nice play. Tredavious White, Jordan Phillips, he wound up with three tackles, two for losses. Uh, he had two QB hurries and a sack. The Bills had really good third down defense. I talked a lot about Sean McDermott's two-point conversion the next day on the radio, on the point after show, uh, the extra point show, I should say, and wrote about it here in the arrow up, arrow down column. And this is also a game, by the way, on a bad note that Harrison Phillips with less than two minutes left tore his ACL and was out for the year as the Bengals were trying to come back on their final drive. Uh, the arrow down column. Josh Allen's critical mistakes. There's no doubt about it. Um, You know, he just made too many of them. And again, I'll go back to emblematic of kind of who Josh is, his season, who he is as a player, trying to make something out of nothing. The next game, which I'll talk about in the next podcast, really showed up even more so than in this game. And then it stopped for most of the year for pretty much the rest of the year. But this was the game that really started to show up big time for Josh as far as trying to make something out of nothing a little bit too much. The Bills had excellent fourth quarter defense. Uh, when they really needed to put the clamps down, they did. TJ Yeldon had the fumble. I wrote about him on my arrow down column. And then the last one is too many runs to Isaiah McKenzie. Here's what I wrote. Uh, Brian Dable went to the well one too many times when he called an end around to McKenzie on third and one and a critical third quarter drive. He was stopped for a three yard loss and the Bills punted. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. McKenzie was the Bills were doing well in that play. Then they gave it to him at a critical third and one, and it just didn't go anywhere, and the Bengals were ready for it. So this is how the game played out on a lot of different levels as far as, you know, running the emotions. Oh, yeah, they're in control. Oh, my God, they're not. Oh, yeah, everything looks good. Oh, no, it doesn't. That was individually Josh Allen. That was the game for the Bills, but ultimately 3-0. And the Bills take on the New England Patriots the following week, and I'll talk about that game on the next 2019 Buffalo Bills Rewind on the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. All right, short and sweet on this one. Let's get ready for Bills Patriots week four on the next edition of the Buffalo Bills 2019 Rewind on the Sal Sports and Stuff podcast. Thanks for coming in. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.